0: O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy.
1: Hi, it's Caroline Stanbury and you're listening to Andy's Girls.
0: Already losing my mind. you It's so early. We're seconds in and there's a lot to say. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode 125 and it's Thursday night. And I just put on a face mask halfway through OC that I was supposed to take off, but I couldn't because I couldn't stop watching the vision that was this week. Anyway, there's so much happening on this week's Andy's Girls. First off, I had the pleasure and the joy. And the privilege of sitting down with Her Holiness, Caroline Stanbury, of Ladies of London, um, for a chat, which you guys are going to hear in just a minute. Or like, who are we kidding? 800 minutes. So much. So much to say. I have to tell you, I know that Ladies of London has come up on Andy's Girls before. And it's probably for the reasons that I discussed with with Caroline, which is, while there is slash was... Hashtag, I think, rest in peace, Real Housewives of Cheshire. There was a UK based Housewives. I, from day one of starting to watch Real Housewives, see, I'm already calling it Real Housewives of London. From day one of watching Ladies of London, I felt like it was the perfect. London Real Housewives. And I don't know the reasons why it wasn't called Real Housewives of London. I talked to um, uh, Her Holiness about that in our conversation, which was phenomenal. Um, But it felt really perfect for the Bravo canon. Now, it lasted three seasons. God bless America. If you Google hard enough, you can find The full series illegally uploaded online. And let me just tell you, I watched all of season three, which was, I believe, 11 episodes in 24 hours. And if I'm being completely serious and completely dead honest, it was far less than 24 because I wanted a refresher, I wanted to like remember stuff with Sophie, Adela, Juliet, Oyvett, some Julie, Mapperton. There was a lot that I wanted to just like refresh myself about before I I, I spoke with Caroline. But the interesting thing is, Caroline is in that that small group, I would say, of people that became famous, certainly to those of us in the States and outside of the UK and, and potentially, I don't know, Europe. I don't know. You guys are so fancy and cool. Um, but Caroline is in that group of people that, to me, sort of rose above their actual bravo show and it felt like from episode one of ladies of london she just like goddamn shot out of the cannon and it was her show and whether or not you agreed with some of the decisions she made and some of the fights she really was the star of that show and since the show went off the air which again it shouldn't have because it was great and season three was like fucking fantastic. Since it went off the air, she's still been able to do other work. She stays in the news. She's incredibly responsive to fans online. You guys should be following her on everything. Um, and she breaks news, you guys, about an American tour, you say? Perhaps a new reality show, you say? There's a lot that she's working on, and I think the reason is because she is in that group. Now, noting that she's not on a currently airing Bravo show, it's hard to say like who exactly joins her on that tier, but I think she has fantastic Face and name recognition. She has an unbelievable personality. She's whip smart. She's so funny. She's incredibly quick. Um, and it's hard to say like who from the Bravo world you would put her on the same tier with. I just think for me personally as a Bravo, I mean, you know, a Bud guest host. So I don't know. Um, that's my own PhD, which stands for something different than what Kelly said I'll Watch What Happens. But, um, From my kind of place in the Bravo sphere as a Bravo-holic, she is in that top tier to me because she feels so uniquely herself. And I feel like that's the goal in what we want in A Real Housewife or A Bravo Liberty. We want something different than we've seen before, but also we want something real because we've seen stuff that's been different, but if a person is intending to position themselves as different for the purposes of becoming I don't know a Bravo superstar that's not so much for me unless like what they're doing is insane and then I will give them credit for being completely insane but not giving them like real credit for being good BCC Aviva Drescher and her leg at Le Cirque. um so anyway, all things Caroline Stanbury uh, coming up in just a second. But you guys, holy fucking shit. An embarrassment of riches. First off, the last 24 hours, the Jersey and Atlanta trailers have come out. My God. Now, if you listen to the um, episode with Dave Quinn, I think that was 123, you know that the both trailers were due almost any day. And uh, Dave said that on the episode, and I was like, holy shit, I couldn't believe that Atlanta was coming out this quickly. And he was like, yeah, Atlanta's coming out. Jersey's coming out really, really, really soon, like in a matter of days. And I got a lot of responses from um, listeners who said, no, there's no way Atlanta's coming out um You know, they just went on the trip, blah, blah, blah. Then Kenya announces her divorce. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, if they were planning to release the Atlanta trailer, surely they're going to re-edit it to make sure that they get the announcement of Kenya's divorce in there, which they've done before with other trailers where they really, really pull from the headlines. But it felt like they didn't even really need to because looking at that trailer, sure, they might have done a little zhuzh. But it seems like they definitely had material with Kenya and Mark Daly, you know, having a rough go of it. And Kenya maybe talking to a divorce attorney or somebody who the fuck knows. Um, but it seems like that was something that they knew that they were going to use this season. And God bless them for gracing us with that on top of New Jersey. It felt so insane. Spe- um, P.S. Uh, spoiler alert um her holiness uh candy just announced that she's expecting her third kid with a surrogate so mazel to her mazel to shamari devoe for putting out a statement saying she chose to leave the show when i honestly had forgotten she was ever on it so kudos to you um i felt like the atlanta trailer was unbelievable kenya versus eva phenomenal nini actually possibly potentially Crying real tears when she's forced by production to have a conversation with Cynthia. Cynthia that includes, I don't know, discussing your feelings. Phenomenal. The weird, crazy sexual escapades thing that comes up with Cynthia that I do not believe is an actual storyline, but okay, we'll go with it. Phenomenal. The production. Photo of the cast where they're all in black and gray, and it is sultry and it is dark and it is commanding and it is moody and it is dramatic and it is just perfection. When they just released the cast photo of the women for season 12, I literally died. This is the ghost of Sarah talking right now. I couldn't believe it. First off, the best cast photo of all time. And also, if this is an indicator of how the season will go, Unbelievable. P.S. Have I even mentioned Portia? Portia and Dennis on camera, whatever the fuck he did, if he really cheated or emotionally cheated, you know, a la um, Jimmy Edmonds or whatever the fuck he did all in for watching all of that. Didn't even see the moments, because I think they're being honestly probably filmed a lot of it now, of Portia and Kenya coming together, which we know happens on this vacation. I think they're in Greece or something right now, because one of them posted a photo of their babies together in strollers or whatever, like the next generation, like Degrassi, which I have never once seen, but I'm going to pretend I understand. Um, It just looks impeccable. And I have to say, So does motherfucking New Jersey. First off, Joe saying and the cast disgusting and the kids crying about the fact that Joe is definitely being deported. I thought they were going to stretch that out a little bit because until fairly recently, I thought that they were all still fighting for him to be released and be back with his family, and it's of course they absolutely were, but I didn't realize how honest they were going to be about the fact that the chances were incredibly slim at this point that he's coming back. And he's even asked, you know, I think it was this week, he's asked to be shipped stri- by ice back to Italy, and then if he's allowed back, he's asking them to like help him come back, or whatever. Um, but he he's done he's done with the detention center. He would like to be out of a cage, please. Um, so I. Was just really surprised by that. I don't know about this whole treating Gia like a junior housewife of Jersey. It feels like a lot. I don't know how I feel about this. Is just this is a mix of production and and plot. But I don't know how I feel about Gia and Frankie going to prom. It feels very produced. But you know they are both beautiful, wonderful children. So maybe not. I don't know. Gia and Tree talking about you know, Gia saying like, don't talk shit about my dad in front of me. He's my dad. He's your husband. Deal with it. Um, very impressive. She is of course, a mature, intelligent, wonderful woman, young lady, whatever college freshman. Um, I don't know the kids stuff makes me uncomfortable and she's grown up in it, I guess. So she, she gets it. And, and I mean, if you're going to be on camera, you might as well defend yourself. So why not? Um, Obviously, that was not the darkest moment of the trailer. The darkest moment of the trailer, and hopefully the season, because how can it get darker? Jackie and her father and her dad, who looks fascinating, saying that her almost dying was almost worth it because now she's thin, except she was anorexic. So, like, and she still lives with anorexia in the sense that you know, your body image is like a day-to-day process. You know what I'm saying? Like she's recovering. And for him to just say that to her as an adult, and wasn't she like with a kid at the time too? I forget. I think they were like on a couch or something. That was, you know, rough, tough stuff. That was intense and gross and disgusting and disturbing. And the, the scariest part is like, you know, he actually feels that. Um, I don't think that was a slip of the tongue. Um, My God, really unbelievable Melissa talking about having a kid because she has officially run out of plot like envy has been done family anger stuff has been done the book has been done the pop star has been done all that's left is another kid I mean didn't they get angry at tree for pretending that she wanted to have like a little boy with um Joe But maybe that was actually because they were upset that she was talking to press about it and not them. I don't know. Who's to say? And P.S. We haven't even talked about Melissa. (laughs) Melissa. We haven't even talked about Margaret getting her fucking weave pulled out, which is such a throwback. Um at a boutique by, you guys know who it was because I talked to Margaret Josephs about it. So listen to the Bravo Howl except episode. Um, I'm not even going to tell you who it is except, spoiler alert, you know who it is. Who could it be the person that was asked to leave and she didn't even have her like full-time bag of trash to hold in the opening credits. Um, my god, so amazing. I just, I, I feel like we are And should be feeling so blessed and so grateful right now to the fine folks at Bravo HQ. Because I genuinely think these were two really strong um, trailers that look like those are going to be really strong seasons. And what I like about Jersey and Atlanta, however many seasons in they are, I think Atlanta's 12, I forget, Jersey's maybe 11, I don't remember, 10-ish, I don't know, um, is... That they are uniquely themselves. And Bravo did a great recast with Margaret, with Jen Aiden. What Love them or hate them. And how could you ever hate Margaret but Jen? Um, love them or hate them. They have been really, really great for plot, for the friction with the ladies, for Agnes. Adding some chemistry that's really important and some tension that's really important and some stressful moments, which is really important. It feels like it's not old Jersey. You know how like New York you can feel like oh this feels like old New York again and it's great. Jersey is never going to be the way it was at the beginning because these women are not the housewives that they were when the show first started and nor should they have to be if their lives have changed and they've become celebrities and there's no way not to deal with that. Like Teresa's a shell of the person that she used to be but she's also been through an enormous amount no matter what you think of her and it just feels like Jersey opened up an incredible new chapter this season and they are continuing with a new one now and it it feels vibrant and you know, weird and trashy, which is how Jersey can be. I mean, you know, it's yours. And Atlanta feels really powerful and dynamic and dramatic. And Kenya and Eva, I just really can't get enough. I feel like that is going to be a fucking, I don't know, Sharknado, Shark versus, I don't know, whatever the hell those shark movies do. The air, I don't know, a storm. Um, well, a storm is brewing in both of those franchises, and I'm really excited about it. So listen. We got to talk about the franchises that aired this week because I just rewatched them. And spoiler alert, I think they were all great. I mean, I guess we'll start with the weakest link of the three, which I would say is Dallas. And I don't think that is a spoiler for anybody because if you watched it, you would see that it was kind of weak. And what I felt like while watching... Dallas is that there were a lot of similarities between Dallas and Orange County. And I felt like there were a lot of similarities, no disrespect, but a lot of similarities between Brandy and Kelly. And I know that Kelly, there's a lot going on with with Kel, with the Kelster, which we'll get to, but it felt like they both have two things in common. First off, they both do their very best to instigate a reaction. And then once they get one that they don't like, they're somehow shocked. Which, what? And Bronwyn said on Orange County that she thinks Kelly does that as a defense mechanism, that I'm going to poke at the bear or the person that I think is a bear before the bear goes after me. And I don't know how accurate and true that is. I really don't. But it felt like with Brandy, even when they were doing the, you know, Brandy's talking about, oh, I've been called trash before. And they showed the little flashback to um, when Cam called her trash before. And it was like, cool, but you were like holding up that dildo. And it was because you were like chasing her with it. So there was a reason that this person used some words, whether or not they were accurate. It also felt like there was a similarity between them Because it appears that Brandy and Kelly both grew up and were taught that money was a sign and an indicator of, to use Kelly's new favorite word, accomplishment. And I'm saying that noting that Brandy never had it because she grew up, as she said, in a trailer home, um, trailer, you know, situation, and um, like the boxcar children, while Kelly says that she did and does, which don't she, um, but in both cases, to me, they're wrong. obviously, we know that money doesn't make you a good person um I think Kelly seems to be confusing money and power, and while money obviously can open doors and can give power to like access, that doesn't make you successful. And P.S. when you talk about how much money you have and how many home, homes you have and or had and you're doing it in order to slay a stay at home mother who's the caregiver for three kids whose husband it has like cheated on her and they're in the process of getting a divorce and you're saying that you have all this money and these homes. I mean, congrats for graduating from college, but I'm guessing she got some help from her millionaire husband. I would love to see the deeds on those 10 houses. I assume she no longer owns them because she doesn't, you know, live in one now. Um, But it felt gross and grotesque, but you know we'll get there. Um, It just was kind of interesting to me because it felt like there were some similarities between these women who in many other ways are diametrically um, opposed. So I watched Dallas twice as I do every, I watch every show, as you guys know, uh, twice at least. Once I do it kind of for myself, but that also means that I give it like 40% attention. I miss a lot. And the second time I really, really watch um, so that I have an understanding of exactly what happened. And The first time I watched Dallas, I was like, this is not great. And the second time I watched Dallas, I was like, it's better than how I thought it went down. But it wasn't terrific. Um, What to say? Deandra to me, came off the worst. Although I did appreciate her homage to Luann in Mexico with that fall, albeit in terrific looking Spanx. Um, which I mean, Spanx can't be part of the joke because we wear them all all the time, don't we? I'm wearing some now. No, I'm not. Um, it was interesting to me that Deandra tried to drunkenly, forcefully um, coerce Carrie and Leon, which I guess worked to talk in front of the group about their issues and not privately. Um, it was interesting that a person can throw a napkin in someone else's face and then 30 seconds later say that other person is acting like trash which excuse um I actually didn't mind anything that Leanne said but what was more devastating to me was Stephanie talking about how Leanne triggered her and when prompted by the producer said something along the lines of like I can't tell people how I feel because they won't they don't want to be around someone who doesn't feel and appear good and I wouldn't have any friends. My fucking god. That was a lot. First off, Stephanie's dealing with triggers all over the place. She's dealing with triggers from fans who are reaching out to her having watched last season so she's like probably getting bombarded with a lot of people talking about their mental health journey and maybe asking her questions and looking for support and as she said she's not a doctor she's not a um uh you know provider of that kind of care and it's also triggering to her because she's on a day-to-day process with her mental health journey and i think she's scared a lot of people um and I, I don't mean this as in any way a critique, but I think that she has alarmed people um, by appearing so vulnerable. And I think that is a huge sign of her bravery and courage. She put something on Instagram did she do that? She did it a couple hours ago. That says, to love yourself is to understand that you don't have to be perfect to be good. I wanted to take a minute to thank each and every one of you for the love, support, and kindness you have shown me. During filming, I was going through a deep depression that I was trying to dig myself out of. I want you to know that I'm better now and taking care of myself through medication, therapy, exercise, and meditation. I have dealt with depression and anxiety since I was a young child, and I understand that it is something I'll probably deal with for the rest of my life. However, I know that my mental health journey does not define me or diminish my value as a person. If you are struggling, I hope you know that you are not alone, and I hope you realize that you are worthy, um, loved, and more than enough. And then she thanks her hairstylist and some people and Travis for um, going with her to watch what happens, which I haven't watched yet, actually. I'll, I'll do that as a reward after this. Um... So shout out to Stephanie. I mean, I think she's just being so open and so vulnerable. And she's probably learning a lot about herself. If she's watching the show, obviously no judgment if she's not noting that it can be a trigger. And I think she's, you know, there are some points about the differences in how she and Leanne are expressing their own mental health journeys. I don't think that Leanne is necessarily using her past as an excuse, but I do think she's using it as a wall and it seems like that's going to come up in next week, and I'm sure it's it's going to continue to come up in press. And, you know, she and Stephanie are really different people, but I can really appreciate the fact that they've bonded in past seasons over their, you know, attempts at taking their own lives and really in an understanding of how far they've come in their journeys and also how they handle things today. Um, you know, they both got some work to do, as does, by the way, everybody in this fucking world and how brave are both of them. Um, to both of them to talk about it on the show um also uh Caitlin Brodnick guest from last week if you're listening to Andy's girls please turn it off for 10 seconds because oh you know what there's some feedback I think the episode is done you should maybe stop listening listen you guys she was completely wrong about saying that Carrie is a wonderful new addition to the show I just want to say that I will continue to say that however I didn't mind her this week I don't know maybe it was because OC was so fucking amazing that I was in a state of almost duress and maybe was confused and bewildered but you know they fucked up by not having um Carrie one still on the show in some capacity I guess maybe she'll cameo or whatever I don't know but Carrie 2.0 I thought did a a nice job of um using new words to um help Randy you know who was really riding the struggle bus um and kind of just being a pal and again maybe that you know, I said that it was so weird because she sort of stuck out and I didn't see any real chemistry with her and everybody else. Maybe she and Brandy will develop some because they've become so close, at least in the last like couple hours that we've seen on camera. Um, so, again, she wasn't my pick, but I actually thought she did a, a pretty good job this week. Potomac. <sighs> really, it feels like. Honestly, part two of the reunion was setting up for part three. Um, I don't know. I, (laughs) it feels, there were some good moments. I mean, Candace talking about the fact that she couldn't act quote unquote, like she was from the hood because she grew up in a literal country club community, which was so elitist and classless. She and Kelly should go to lunch. Um, uh, the backstage editing with the guys versus Michael was so shady. He deserved every second of it. I guess Andy said something on Radio Andy today about how Andy himself had receipts that comes out on Part Three or something. Thank you to the listener who sent who shared that with me. Um, curious as to what that is. Has Michael grabbed Andy's butt? Um, not spreading that rumor here, but look at where I go. Uh, I don't think that's what happened, but um, fascinating to see how that will go down in Part Three. It felt like it was. There was other stuff that happened, other arguments. Giselle and Karen, fantastic. Um, Candace versus, I I guess, everybody, fantastic. Um, But it felt like the, you know, 600-pound elephant uh, in the room was Michael. There was a lot of talk about Michael, and there needed to be a lot of talk about Michael. The fact that Michael called Juan to tell Robin to shut the fuck up. Like, what? That felt like a strange, interesting process. Maybe you shouldn't do these things or something. The fact that the women were so ardently vocal about saying, Ashley, what he did was disrespectful to you. And Ashley's response is to be so tight-lipped and seemingly deeply afraid of defaming him in some way that she's trying to turn it on the guy that made the accusation because Michael's like a well-known 60 year old whatever in wherever the fuck I mean spoiler alert all of the women on the cast are much more well known than Michael and while he might have I don't know money in the bank this person hasn't filed a civil lawsuit to my knowledge about that and was potentially so uncomfortable about the attention that he refused to um Uh, work with the prosecutors which is possibly one of the reasons why they said that they didn't have enough evidence to prosecute Michael it's like what the hell I mean he grabbed asses during the Andrew night yeah that makes sense to me like Ashley's pretending that reality isn't happening in front of her and then she is trying to defame people who are like, no, this is real. And she's trying to spin the truth or she just sits there stone face. And it's like, sweetie, this is going to happen with or without you. I guess it's, we're going to try to see how it happens with you pretending it can happen without you. Because for some crazy fucking reason, you and Michael have decided to be uber quiet or let him be the aggressor as we've seen in in the clip for next week you know she said on this housewife tour that she's on that they're trying desperately for baby number two and it's like is that why you're being so fucking quiet like what conversation did you have with michael and why it feels worse that she can't acknowledge that he humiliated her obviously which is brought up by um candace's chris next week there's something to be said for the fact that he like giggled and was whatever the fuck he said next like the guy didn't just brush up against someone going through a crowd and then say I'm sorry he acknowledged that the way he behaved was inappropriate because there's an audio recording of it and he's giggling about it if I just walk I know everybody's different we're all like special precious flowers but if I just walk into somebody in a tight space I don't giggle about it unless something has happened that elicits a giggle and I'm nervous and I feel awkward or whatever. If I totally, honestly, accidentally brush my hand up against somebody's whatever, I'm going to say, I'm sorry. I'm going to acknowledge exactly what that area was. And and my I'm going to react like somebody who genuinely is apologetic for what was a complete accident. The fact that Ashley is saying, he doesn't have to apologize to me for dragging me through this process and making me like fucking Elliot Spitzer's wife stand there sit there during the Fox 5 interview and whatever else and just be a quiet wife and ultra supportive at all costs it just reads as really false to me and my question is does she does she know that he has groped this man because we all know he has. And I asked that as a poll to a G listeners, um, on the gram, it's where you know all bu- all good business is done, um. And I asked a sensual, essentially that's a fun new word, but it feels like it applies. Um, I asked, do you think Ashley believes Michael? Sixteen percent said yes, eighty four percent said no. And I also said, asked, do you think Michael has groped other producers? And in this poll, ninety eight percent said yes, and two percent. So I guess Ashley has been looking at my social, as has some intern or. Maybe her mom, 2% said no. I mean, it feels like, you know, she knows. We know. She knows deep in her core. It'll come out when she has her Oprah ah, moment and like one-on-one with Andy when they ultimately get divorced or whatever happens. It's going to be a divorce. Who are we kidding? Um it it just it reads as false and because she's been the bone collector because she's has in the past anointed herself as the girl that gets at the truth and calls out bullshit the fact that she cannot even acknowledge if she could just acknowledge that without feeling like he was going to become you know the face of a civil case or potentially some something with bravo i don't even think it would be bravo because they know that he did it um but the fact that she can't even acknowledge that it's embarrassing, like that is strange to me. It's embarrassing. Even if you really didn't believe that your husband did this, even though we have proved that he did, it would be fucking embarrassing. And the women talking about their spouses saying that if they had done something um, inadvertent or whatever, that they would owe their spouse an apology is completely accurate and correct. I don't know. I can't wait for next um, week. I felt like it was a nice amuse Bush Potomac's had, you know, the, one of the best seasons of all time. And I'm so appreciative to them. Um, and... That's kind of all there is to say about it. Um, I know you guys sent me a bunch of satchels about Potomac, and I'll answer them um, on the gram after this ep goes up. But we have to talk about Orange County. Holy fucking shit. So first off, several people, um, including T. Kyle, talked about how incredible that episode, this week's episode, was going to be. And I was like, OK, great. Because, you know, you hear that a lot from, not from T. Kyle, but from people. You hear people saying, oh, this is going to be great. Oh, that's going to be great. And sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. But I knew going in because of what people were saying online um, that had seen a um, screener of the app that it was probably going to be pretty good. Then I spoke to a friend who shall remain nameless even though he listens to the podcast <laughs> who said, it's not good. It's stupid. And I was like, don't tell me exactly what happened because you guys know I don't watch live because it makes me too anxious. Um And he was like, it's not great. And I was like, really? Um, But then I started watching the episode and I was like, I guess it's not going to be great. And you guys, it was fucking tremendous. Now, I know the bar in OC, like it was in Beverly Hills, could not be any lower. But I would say honestly, sincerely, and I think completely correctly that this week's episode of Orange County was one of the best episodes of any franchise of the last several years because there were so many fucking plots and that is the kind of jam-packed craziness that a viewer aspires to watch. You don't want one big fight. You want like six to ten big fights and some funny things happening. That is a dream app ep- and it felt like it was ev- like a great symphony. It was everything happening at once. And I also watched the app and then I watched the after show because T Kyle told me it was going to be crazy and it fucking was of Megan McCain and <laughs> Kelly Dodd on Watch What Happens. I watched the after show before I watched the show because I heard the after show was in fact more crazier than the episode itself. And spoiler alert, it completely fucking is. The single craziest point might be when Megan makes a joke about... When Kelly makes a joke about Megan's deceased father, John McCain, by saying she has a Ph.D., as in Papa has Joe, My God, the audience, I think, gasped. It was awkward. It was the audience was filled with Kelly's friends from Arizona. So if they're not pretending to laugh, there's a problem there. And it sort of made me think Kelly is one of these people who, like, thrives in attention um, on attention, rather, and in it. She seems to be inside of it, uh, j- the word itself. Um, but And I like her in those moments on OC as it airs. It's been edited. There's a flow to it. You juxtapose her with, like, fucking craziness elsewhere. And, you know, Vicky, like... <laughs> In a room just watching and looking wild. Um, But it feels like there's a purpose. And she adds a lot of zing, I'll say, Uh, not ding dong, but zing and chemistry and craziness and chaos. And that helped lift up this week into new heights. But that kind of energy works against her. For me as a viewer, when I watch, watch what happens, because the train gets, I'm sorry, for lack of a better term, oh no, she's the conductor and we're all laying on the tracks. Um, It veers so quickly off course that it's hard to like understand information. And because she was on with Meghan McCain, who I think had been trending on Twitter earlier that day for like walking off or did she walk off or whatever happened, yada yada on The View. And because Meghan has made a lot of headlines and um, would likely be saying some things that would be used in the press after the episode, the live episode of Watch What Happens aired. It felt like her Kelly's energy worked against her. And by against her, I mean against us. If I am almost feeling empathy for Meghan McCain for having to sit through that 22 hours plus commercials, there's a problem there. And Kelly thrives on attention, information, what she thinks of as comedy, these little jokes like the Ph.D. thing. I mean, University of Spoiled Children. It was all that shit. And she doesn't have a filter. And that works really, really well on Housewives because the editing room can filter out her lack of filter and make it work for the show. But on live TV, when she's just kind of rambling and inserting herself, it's it's hard to just like watch the show as a viewer watching the show And if I had been a guest sitting next to her, P.S., is that going to happen? Oh, my God. Bravo. Um, I don't know that I would have known necessarily how to handle that. I probably wouldn't have done what Megan did, which was just, like, play confused, even though she certainly was, but just to be, like, really, really quiet. And Andy seemed like... I, if I was Andy, I would have been definitely annoyed because, like, shut the fuck up a little and stop swearing. And also, Kelly was referencing stuff that was great for me. This I super appreciated, but Andy definitely didn't swearing and then bringing up the fact that you know it's kind of okay because there's a three second delay but much more importantly talking about things that production wouldn't allow to air tamra's enormous salary and what she's able to get away with and the fact that the levels aren't even and what she's paid to, she's doing what she was hired to do he was not thrilled about that and that was actually probably one of the better moments from the episode that was when Her inability to maintain consistent stability or something, if that makes any sense in how she communicates, that's when it worked for us as far as, like, getting that little snippet of production. But otherwise, it was just a chaotic energy that made it, like, confusing. For It felt jarring. I got a little bit of whiplash during it and the after show. And I'm also one of those people that gets, like, severe secondhand anxiety when I feel embarrassed for somebody else because I, like that energy to me is like, Oh my God, what's happening. And I I felt that times a thousand with this. So maybe next time live to tape or something. I don't know how that works. Oh, TV production is fun. Um, I just, it was, it was a lot. Um, but so was this week of OC and it was amazing. I'm going to start with something that May not have been as interesting to everybody else, but it was super fucking interesting to me. The Gina-Emily fight is so layered, so fascinating, but I feel like both of their sides, I understand, like... processing emotions that you've kept inside for the first time, feeling like a friend isn't there for the crazy shit when you're going through, that friend feeling like you don't understand what they're going through, miscommunicating maybe some jealousy about other relationships and potentially superficial friendships and the fact that you don't have, the fact that it seems like your friend is um, uh, putting too much giving too much credit to people that weren't there for you in tougher moments Gina feeling like Emily, why aren't you more there for me not understanding that Emily is going through stuff and her process of going through it maybe isn't to be as open about it and the Shane stuff. But still, if you know, if you can like sense the temperature in the room isn't great, not really being there to support her. It was fascinating and felt so incredibly real. And these women are screaming at each other and they're crying and they're being and they're both they both seem kind of broken and angry at each other, but the reason they're angry is because they're hurt and turning inward. Can you see how therapy is helping me with this? Um, it felt fascinating. It also felt fascinating that Tamra the end of the episode was kind of funny to me. Because Tamara and Vicky could have shut the fuck up, but I think they both saw entry for Weird dramatic conversation that they were going to turn on people. Tamara pretending to be angry at Emily for not inviting her to Vegas when the whole purpose of the Vegas trip was to be super vulnerable. And obviously, she'd want to surround herself by people who she felt protected her and would make her feel protected. And Tamara's like, Why wasn't I there? Well, sweetie, if it was a dinner party in OC, sure, you can make that argument. But like stripping in Vegas. Um, on a trip that was originally, allegedly, supposed to be with your husband. You can't really get pissed about that. And then Vicky saying her bullshit about we're not here to hurt each other, which is completely insane. Um, shout out to the editors this week. Phenomenal. Uh, and also for including all of those moments of Vicky quite literally looking to, like, hurt Kelly, which is the exact opposite of what she was trying to do. I mean, it leads into what looks like another exceptional episode. I mean, this week of OC was so good. And I had to, like, watch it and think to myself, do I like it because the bar is so low that it feels like something is happening? Or if I took this episode out of the OC franchise and put it in any other or in a world entirely of itself, like that, was it Sandra Bullock movie where she's like in space and like, it's just her and like the moon or whatever. Um, if I put it in its own little galaxy, world, sky, whatever. Um, shout out to 16 year olds with braids. Um, yay, go planet. If I put it into that world world, would it stand on its own? And I have to say, I think it 100% would, like 100,000 million percent, like as much money as Kelly is in her bank account, plus a percentage word, um, symbol thing. I, I just really felt like it was so powerful and so crazy and Looney Tunes and is something that I will 100% watch again. So I want to share some long form satchels that you guys sent me. Um, I have a satchel about Kelly from Morgan in Maplewood, New Jersey. And Morgan says, Watching the new OC and feeling my blood pressure rise, so I thought I'd share my thoughts. Kelly Dodd may be good for TV, but, man, is she an awful person. She's incapable of having a grounded, mature conversation and taking ownership of her myriad inappropriate behaviors. She's either a walking dick and fart joke or a slobbering rage monster with very little to redeem her in between. I expect very little of my housewives, especially OC, and yet she's always manages to disappoint me. Is it just me or is she seeming more and more unhinged? I'll be very curious to hear your thoughts about her and tonight's episode on the podcast. Well, here we go, Morgan from Maplewood. My thoughts are, yeah, is she appearing more unhinged? Sure. She's getting more and more um, famous. She's had more time on the show. She's understood the power of being on a show like this and being celebrated for behaviors from seasons past. And she thinks that's going to give her ownership of everything forever and ever. Amen. She also wants attention. She also has no interest in understanding or, um, feeling empathy for people in the moment if she feels like she's being attacked maybe Bronwyn was right in certain ways. I feel personally like Kelly is extremely reactionary and as a protective mechanism or just because her personality works that way, she looks to for a response and acts out with terrible behavior, and that terrible behavior elicits a response, and then she explodes. She did that with Shannon. She did it with Kelly. Uh, She did it with uh, Gina. And for Kelly to be like, oh, um, I hit Shannon with the head with the mallet, but I, I didn't really. So I'm going to touch another person in the cast to show them how not a big deal it is. And then I'm going to make fun of the fact that Shannon went to the hospital because I knew she would because I knew that if I touched her, she'd go get herself checked out. And look, she's getting herself checked out. doesn't mean you like win a contest for knowing that you put your physical hands on someone They said they didn't feel good as a result of that and went to the hospital as a precaution to check out. Also, P.S., I would think that production would want Shannon to get checked out completely because of like workers' comp and liability or whatever else, especially if it's like a head injury or, or whatever. And then get upset when that person says they need to get aid. Now, you can say it's bullshit that you went to get to the hospital and get checked out when you're drinking. And People have been floating on social media, the video of Shannon saying that same, same seemingly, seemingly same argument against Vicky in Iceland about the, you know, if you really thought you were sick and you're like boozing it up, what the fuck are you doing? And I think there's merit to that. But the problem is this whole thing started because Kelly was not respecting this trip, not respecting feedback that she had already received about taking the trip um, seriously, and then got in someone's physical space. And you lose the argument the second you touch another person without their consent. BCC Michael Darby. It's just, you lose it. You lose it from that moment on. Consent is so important. And if you don't have it, go fuck yourself. She I'm sure understood that somewhere deep inside her soul, but just doesn't give a shit and then gets angry at people who are angry at her for things that she herself has done. And for her to take that out on Gina and do the same shit, it's like, go fuck yourself. And then Kelly thinking that because Gina doesn't have a bajillion dollars or because Gina chose to be, or, or whatever her, you know, choices were. And, and the situation was in the diamond dy- dynamics of her marriage, that she stayed at home and took care of three fucking kids and that that isn't respected because she doesn't have money behind it because she isn't paid to be a stay at home mom and a caregiver that is a fucking job that's no less of a job than being married to somebody with money like great for Kelly if she says she went about her life the way Ramona did where like you have a million dollars before you're whatever the hell age you are but also you got i'm guessing a significant income from your divorce because you've talked about it before you've said it's maybe not enough to retire on but it's a lot and I'm guessing her millions of dollars probably also came from the sale of that house which p.s. she did not buy from herself that beautiful um, beach house which I would love to stay in um with the mirrored furniture I loved it so it's like what are you doing why are you behaving this way and also thank you so much because it was a magical episode so um Morgan from wherever, Maplewood, New Jersey, you're right. She is seems like she's becoming unhinged. I, I think it's I think it's uh, 50-50 of she has always kind of behaved this way, but her behavior becomes more magnified and heightened as the show goes on. And we also know that she knows that she's aware of her celebrity and her fame, and it's going to increase when she acts out, and so she continues to. And I do think instinctively that – Kelly does behave this way and she's surrounded by people who are probably also party animals who are probably fine with it or whatever or used to it. Um, And she doesn't really give a shit when people aren't. And she's also very angry when others try to give her advice, especially if their like checking account doesn't um, stand up to hers. I don't know. Here's another satchel about Kelly from Ben in San Antonio, Texas. Okay, this episode is the resurgence. This franchise is this franchise needed. Kelly motherfucking Dodd is doing the Lord's work this season and bless her for that I love Shannon until that venomous snake Tamra sunk her teeth into her that whole concussion was bullshit I honestly feel like that wasn't really a nurse oh good point that I forgot to mention the nurse sounded like perfectly mic'd up and clear to me I feel it was a producer feeding that story also if you had a concussion mild or otherwise the last thing you want to do is drink tequila laugh and party until 430 she wasn't hurt and Kelly was right to call them both out on their bullshit the next day I live for the shady edits of Shannon buying Kelly shots when they were in Ireland. Oh, I think I missed that. Also Gina's desperation to want to be their friend is so pathetic to me. Okay. Well, Gina was just like reaching out for anything and that's what she found. So there we go with that. I don't know. I think her desperation came from like, um, a human place. So I'm not going to judge her so much for that. Although, um, I I will save that for Emily who probably deserves to judge her more than me. Um, yeah. Kelly fucking died. Really killed it. She really delivered in a way that we really needed. Um, the weird nurse conversation I agree with, I actually wondered, the, the audio edit was obvious that the person speaking wasn't the person in the room, but I was trying to figure out why that happened, if it's because of like HIPAA laws or something, that they can't describe that stuff on camera maybe, or they didn't get the consent from the nurse um, to sign on to have her audio used. Um, or they scripted it and edited in something else. I don't think the latter is realistic because it seemed like whatever language was communicated in real time, it matched up with Shannon's responses and matched up with what they talked about after they left the hospital. So, or an urgent care or the fuck they were. So I don't know. I, 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 definitely, there was some editing done with the nurse, but I don't know if it actually changed the story arc itself. Um, yeah I really thought it was quality classic fantastic um, and whatever you however you think about Kelly and did she go too far and I did that as an IG poll and the majority of you definitely think she did it really delivered on so many levels and the fact that there's so many viewers feeling differently how dare Kelly thank God for Kelly. It really goes to show you that like when you can have those kinds of conversations, and I feel like this week I'm having it with you guys out in the um, Bravosphere. When you feel that strongly, that is a good indicator that this was a really strong app. I don't know what's going to happen with the rest of the season. Next week looks good. Um, But, you know, it's standing on its own feet was fantastic. Okay, I'm going to do one more satchel about Kelly. And then we've got to talk to Caroline Stanbury. Okay. Kelly Satchel from Nate in New York City. Hey, Sarah, love your podcast. Here's a few thoughts on OC. Kelly Dodd stays slaying these hoes. She's always been one of my favorite OC housewives because she's the only one I actually deem trustworthy. She says horrible things to her castmates and takes things too far, but it's almost always in reaction to the ladies taking advantage of her impulsivity. This season, especially, I think Kelly is more, a is a more seasoned housewife and completely aware that Tamara and Shannon are using her to create drama on camera and make her the villain and it makes her furious, but she can't help but play into their game and ultimately give them what they are looking for because she wants to hurt them back so desperately the show would be unwatchable without her. I think she's hilarious and real and doesn't have to work as hard as Tamara and Vicky and the new girls to be an asset to the show, even if she's unpredictable. Also just love watching her put the trace and Boilas in their place. So I agree with um, a lot of that, Nate, from New York City, um, uh, it, with one exception that... It feels like she says horrible things to her castmates, takes things too far. I do agree with that. Completely aware that Tamron and Tamra and, Shannon are using her to create drama on camera and make her the villain it makes her furious I would actually just put Vicky in there I think the Tamara and Shannon stuff is going to come out more pointedly later on in the season so in that sense like back to the future style you are correct but I think just this episode specifically the focus is more on Vicky go fuck yourself I know that you're using me on camera don't you dare talk about the fact that there shouldn't be a girl fight when I know that you're picking one with me and just pretending that you're not um, but aside from that great great satchel. I got so many more responses from you guys that I'm going to respond to individually on my gram. Follow me at Dame Galley on IG, at Sarah Galley on Twitter. And guys, my God, I hope that I delivered with some appropriate recaps for this week because there was just so much going on. But we need to talk and listen to me Talking and listening to Caroline Stanbury. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was um, a lot of fun. Thanks to Caroline and her team for making it happen. A lot's discussed, and I also say some shit about PK that maybe I shouldn't have, but how I couldn't help it, you guys, much like Kelly. It just needed to be said. Okay, guys, I hope you enjoy my little chat with my favorite Lady of London. Enjoy. You guys. I am so excited to be joined by none other than Lady of London. Bravo Lebrity at the A++ level. Oh, like wow. we've jumped over A-list and now we're at perfection. It's like you, Waka, who else? It's just, it's a very small group of Bravo Celebrities that I would say have passed over Bravo Celebrity into a whole other universe. And so I'm so excited to be joined by none other than Lady of London, Woman of the World, Caroline Stanbury.
1: I don't even know how to come in from that. I wow, mean, thank you.
0: I'm so excited. First off, thank you so much for flying from London specifically to be on Andy's Girls. That is so sweet, so generous.
1: Such a pleasure. Wouldn't Such, miss it.
0: I couldn't. I'm so thrilled. So first off, what are you doing here in New York aside from being on AG?
1: Um, funnily enough I am here in New York um, well, I'm, I'm actually going to film um, a, a pilot for a show <gasps> what show uh, um, it's a new show but it's I'm, I'm not gonna say anything but it's it's exciting so we're, do, we're doing our first one on I'm actually flying to Vegas to shoot <gasps> that on Monday is it scripted or not non scripted. <gasps> can you tell me the network no. Is it, it a vowel? No, it's not. It's not been um, picked up yet. So it's, it's it was just with a production company that's, been written, that's <gasps> been written for me. But it's really exciting. And I think it's going to be really fun. And it's based on, you know, my reactions to things. I think that's why I was so popular because everything is written over my face. Even with all this Botox, I still manage you to look. Make- Phenomenal. Thank you. And I'm also here recruiting. I come... You know, I work for an amazing healthcare group, the fourth largest healthcare group in the world, NMC, and I'm here bringing doctors back to the Middle East, believe it or not. Oh, my God. So how does that work? Well, they freeze me in time. So, like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's true. So I find fabulous like plastic surgeons, and I bring them back to the Middle East because actually um, the Middle East is a great hub for things like this because they have no paparazzi, they don't have, they have amazing hospitals, places to recruit, and you can be left alone. So my, I was meant to be just the face of it because as I, you know, hopefully as you can see, I don't really age. You look and, amazing. And actually, it turned into a bigger job, and now I'm recruiting like American doctors to come back with it.
0: So how long have you lived in Dubai?
1: Three years now. It's just flown.
0: And do you go back and forth between Dubai and London? Because your family is still... In ...situated yeah. in London.
1: I, d- I mean, I, I used to go back more than I do now. I go back... I was going back at least once a month. Um, but That's now, a lot. Yeah, it is. But now also with Los Angeles, you know, I'm working and I've been actually putting things together. I've been waiting for the right show to come along and... Um, the producers that I started working with now are people have been trying to get me for over a year and a half two years so they're really into me and I think more than anything to have someone that's so passionate about you and they really believe in your brand yeah um, so I'm really excited about that otherwise I, I was you know I wasn't sure I was coming back for TV
0: Well, that was one of my questions for you, of which I have between five and a thousand. Mm -hmm. Um, How long has it been since Ladies of London went off the air?
1: I think it's been off three years.
0: I would think during that time you fielded a lot of offers because you were quite literally just the break. I mean, it's like historical fact at this point. You were the breakout star of that show.
1: I have. Yes and no. It's not as easy as you'd think to get back on TV. Um, I have signed a few production companies before, but you know the TV world—it's very difficult right now. And Housewives is such a big brand; it's mm-hmm. quite—you know—once you're in it, you know, it's it's sort of hard to sort of take yourself out of that, um, you know, being pigeonholed a, as a housewife. Which you know, look, I'm, I love the Housewives. It's something that you know, it, I don't have any regrets. I loved every minute of it, and it's um, definitely given me the platform to be able to do what I do now. But, um, you know, so it's not even though I I really do feel loved and I felt really loved even by the network and everything. it, it, you'd be surprised. It's not like um, people beating down the door to redo more TV. It, it's, it just doesn't work like that anymore.
0: It's interesting that you bring up the Housewives because when I think of Ladies of London, and I know that they've done Housewife iterations abroad. There was Real Housewives of Cheshire. It wasn't so much for me. When I think of Ladies of London, I think it's a, the Real Housewives of London. It feels like a Housewife-style show. Is that what was pitched to you? Did you think you were going to have that name backing you or was it pitched as an entirely different kind of experience well when it started it
1: when it started it wasn't pitched as a housewife show um but it definitely became that and obviously when bravo took it and picked it up it it definitely was you know it was a housewife show it we should have probably called it a housewife show at the time i i can't actually remember i wasn't involved it was an english company that actually wrote it and did it um but, you know, the Housewives brand is so big, and I think most people that loved it or love it still th- do do think of it as a housewife show. Um, b- but I think it was pitched more of, a, like, a lifestyle of, like, London, and, you know, as we all know, especially now with Med- Meghan Markle and the baby and all this kind of stuff, I mean, Americans love everything British anyway. And I think what everyone liked, you know, I think I did so well at this point, I, th- I don't think there was anything that I could have done wrong if I said it in this accent. I could have you know performed a drive-by shooting and people have gone oh my god there (laughs) she goes um so you know i was really lucky and you know i don't think you can ever prepare yourself or you know um to be a breakout star because you don't know what people are looking for i'd never been on tv i'd never like won anything i'd never like i really wasn't expecting it i sort of thought i'd last a season and be out um, but I, you know, it, as I said, it was a great, great platform for me, and I've really enjoyed doing it. And I you know I, I love the networks amazing and they're super good to me. and um, if something else came along, great. But you know, all these kind of shows, you know how authentic they have to be. I don't live in any of these cities. So I think if I lived here, I could probably be on one of them, right? But you know, th- I, when they do this show, they don't like people to move for the show. And for it to be inauthentic that way, but, you know, I mean, the one that would make most sense to me, I suppose, is probably New York, because I know all the girls um, so well.
0: Speaking of knowing all the girls, so your social media saw you living your best life in New York City with none other than Real Housewife of New York, Dorinda Mendeley. How did you guys become such good friends?
1: I'm actually, uh, Ramona texts me as well today.
0: Um, how is here. Ramona?
1: Um, well, she actually just literally replied. She wanted to do something tonight, but I, I haven't seen her yet. Dorinda has been a friend for a few years. Um, Dorinda is one of the most generous women I know. Like she really is. Like I, you know, I when I first met her, I, I wasn't sure how if we'd get on or whatever. And someone I can't remember who introduced me. Someone in London was very close. She she knows a lot of my friends, and she was so generous. She's like, oh my god, I love your fashion sense. I love this. She was so sweet about mm. me. And we sat down, we just started talking, and I don't think we ever stopped. And actually, you know, I think with these shows, as I think you all know, as much as the good part of your personality is highlighted, they also really highlight the worst parts of your personality. But, you know... These are, or, or your character, and sometimes, you know, uh, you, you ride crests in these shows, and she's had a tough time, and she's had a great time, you know, and I, I think right now, as far as, she's she's pretty much the breakout star of, of Yeah, that she's show. definitely,
0: the, she definitely sort of reinvigorated. Yeah, 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 she has,
1: and I, you know, like two years ago, I think it was, I remember calling her going, oh my god, what are you doing, um, you know, and, mm-hmm. and look at her now, so. You know, um, but we we're very open and frank with each other. I think that's what she likes about me, and I like about her. Like, there's no BS. You know, we can I can tell her like, what were you thinking? And she'll be like, I wasn't, you know, and it, it is that simple. So uh, why do I like her? I think she's probably very like me, you know. She makes mistakes, she gets back up, she dusts herself down, and she's like, okay, well, let's do this again.
0: Are you able to talk with her, I would think, in a way that other people aren't because you've both been through the experience of being on a non-scripted show on the same exact network? 100%,
1: and that's why I can call her up and go, you know, what were you thinking in this right. moment when you did that? Like, why would you do that on a screen? And then she'll go like this. She goes, you know, you know what it's like. You get tired. You don't know. You know, you forget the camera's there. This, You know, we all make mistakes. It's very hard to keep your mouth shut 24-7 when you're filming because they, they, you. what people don't understand is you're on camera every day, all day, and you're exhausted. And, you know, things do come out, which is the aim of the game, too. It would be boring if we didn't. But, um, you know, they can... Uh, it, it's, it's a difficult, it's a fine line, especially when we've got kids, we've got families. Right. You know, it's scary. We have a lot to bond over with um, having been through that. You know, I've said things I regretted on the show. We've all done things that we regretted on the show, you know. Um, and as I said, it's very hard... To watch those things back quite a few months later, relive them you know there you know, and then and then pull yourself out and as I said, if anyone has managed to pull herself and bring herself to the top of her game this year the last, I mean, she, you know she's killing it
0: do you know anything about this alleged breakup on a break situation with her and John Medan? I, that's something for her to talk about. I don't oh, want to talk okay.
1: about her, 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 her personal. Th- yeah, personal life. But, um, you know, they, they were both friends of mine. They are both friends of mine. I don't know. I, I, I've only seen her for two minutes. So I haven't really had the chance to ask her about that kind of stuff.
0: Speaking a little bit about having to kind of relive experiences that you wish maybe hadn't been caught mm-hmm. by the cameras. Was there ever a moment during filming where you said to production, is there any way for us to like maybe not air this?
1: No, I've never asked them because I know what the answer would be anyway. And the thing is, if you highlight it, it's going to make it to the top. <laughs> like,
0: right. They're like, oh, yeah. this was oh, oh this very really good. This, this makes you, you uncomfortable? Yeah, okay, great. great. Let's great. talk about yeah, this for about yeah. 17 hours. Exactly.
1: So, you know, I understood that, you know, what I felt got anxiety over, unless I really pointed it out, it's a minute of a second of you, that you would pick up or not and it's over. But if you if you go to the network or to go to a producer and say, oh my God, then, then it becomes a huge storyline.
0: It feels like a little bit of a gamble when you sign on to do reality TV. And especially in your case, I mean, I would say that you were, correct me if I'm wrong, like a semi-public figure. You weren't necessarily on that kind of show before. And you had, you know, the glory of choosing selectively when you wanted to kind of be in the spotlight and the Public arena versus not, those are some of my blonde hairs and my microphone that Caroline Stanford (laughs) is very nicely adjusting. Um, so for you making that transition, and especially when Sophie joined the cast and having to talk about things where, listen, it's one thing to like get in an argument with a friend, it's another thing to get into an argument with a family member because you know in the back of your head, one day this is gonna air, and you might get a call from your parents, you might get a call from your brother. What was that like? filming a show with your former sister-in-law who had had and potentially still is a a close member of your circle?
1: Well, I mean, she is a very close friend of mine now. Um, And it was difficult because we didn't speak to each other for quite a while. But we're really close now. And I think in hindsight, what I've understood, and if you look at the casts on the other shows, none of them are... I don't Think they have family members like that,
0: yeah. They, uh, they, d- had, they there's had Kyle. right? And Kyle and then Jersey has had a few different shades of cousins and right. so on. So, I had
1: Ladies of London, was very much a group of my friends, yeah. And if ever there was a room from a woman that had any you know skeletons or buttons to push, you know, the fact the thing about family is. It's different. A friend can pick at you, but mm-hmm. a family knows exactly where to hit you where it hurts. Right. And so I think in hindsight, you know, I I did it because you know she really wanted the show, and um, you know she has young kids, and it was something that I thought would help everybody. Um, in hindsight, I probably I, well I would never do it again with a family member ever. Um, b- but um, look, these shows are as great fun as they are and I had some amazing experiences like it's like being in boarding school I don't think you know it's like you look back or, or giving birth at the time you're like I'm never doing this again and <laughs> afterwards you know you're like oh no I have another one um, so you know I enjoyed there are parts that I will never ever forget like the trips and we had yes. bonding and so much fun and then other parts I was like, oh my god, I mean like the worst experience of my life. But, I mean, not literally my life, that's pushing it. But you know what I mean? It's just, it's, the, it's a real roller coaster. But overall, you can look at it and then say, okay, this was a blast. Like, I did it. I did it. I ticked it. You know, I did it well. I really enjoyed it. And look, three years on, I'm still very much um, recognized and loved for it. And, you know, that's really, really nice. As I said, you can't plan for that. My sister-in-law and I are back to where we were and better and she um she regrets very much what mm-hmm. happened on that show um and i think when you're in it it's very hard to see it and you've got people feeding you things you know and telling you different things and you know it, it gets prolonged whereas in real life we could sort it out a little bit quicker um but it's you know no harm, harm done now and you know it, 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 it's over so
0: um, you talked a little bit about the difference between family being on the show versus friends. Then you had people that it seemed like you had such a close relationship. they might as well have been family like Adela. What's your relationship like with Adela and also the other members of the cast since the show has been off the air? Do you stay in touch with anyone? Juliet?
1: Yeah, I see. I just saw her now in London. Um, I have a great relationship with Juliet. Uh, you know, I mean we fight. we're like sisters. we can we can fight and. Make up, you know, Juliet can test the patience of a saint, frankly. <laughs> but um, you know, at the end of the day, she's she's a, you know not got a bad bone in her body. She's just um what, like 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 a overexcited puppy about life, and I kind of love that, and you know as well. Um, Adela, I haven't spoken to really. Um, no, I speak to. I've seen Luke. Adela was difficult. You know, we have a fractious relationship. I think the show mm-hmm. highlight uh, highlighted everything again. I brought she wanted to come on the show very clearly, very much. Right. Um, and I just didn't like the way it went from the beginning. She knows that. Um, it, it, there's no, you know, I, 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 I don't have any ill will to her. It's just we're in different places. Um, Luke came here just now.
0: He's with Dorinda now, right? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. She, and she looks effing. I mean, we swear. We, she looks fucking amazing. She does. She, she really looks does. so she's good. Like
1: I said, she, she's got to take him everywhere. I mean, Dorinda's, like, less precious than me. She also believes in, I, she, you know, she's good like that, like, that people should see who, what she looks like with and without makeup, which mm-hmm. is great. But, I mean, you know, Luke can transform anyone. It's insane. Um, he did this one of me, which is like roadkill to red carpet. Oh I will God. never let that picture come <laughs> out. <laughs> It'll be out. Never. Never <laughs> but, I mean, honestly, if that picture came out, the man would be a living legend. Um, but, no, Dorinda, he, take, he she looks amazing when he does it. Uh, amazing in fact he's she's somehow morphed into me uh it's hilarious she looks
0: I mean as soon as he does
1: it yeah she's got that glow yeah um but no it's great and he loves working with Dorinda and they have a really really close relationship and the thing about Luke he's not just a makeup artist and hair guy you know he ends up being your sort of your family traveled Mm. everywhere with me so I'm really happy she deserves it and it's nice if you're you know in the, the I don't know if you're living on your own it's nice to have like uh,
0: doesn't everyone have a gay best friend Of course yeah. you got to have your team you got to have you your crew have team, yeah. It was great to see that relationship specifically with Luke on the show because it felt like he was definitely a confidant of yours and certainly when there were moments of tension with the other women it was nice to well, see if you felt, like, isolated that he was, you he know, was there for that. you.
1: I mean, I was very lucky because I always had my team with me, where no one else did, but that was authentic to me. I didn't hire Luke for the show. Luke had been working for me for at least six years before that. So that relationship was real, mm. which is why they allowed him. Right. You know what I mean? The other girls didn't get to have hair and makeup come with them because it wasn't like, you know, they didn't naturally travel with a glam squad. I always had had Luke. So they, they they let that one fly.
0: It's interesting to hear that because the glam squad thing, as an activity, as sort of an example to viewers of one person's wealth, has become so important on certain franchises Beverly like Hills. Beverly Hills, Dorit's Glam Squad's constantly trying and to keep name. up with Erica Jane's. I mean, it's well, fascinating.
1: Bef- yeah, I think. Bef- I think I. Probably was one of the first to bring the glam. Yeah, I think you were. And then I saw Erica Jane's. um, Look, I I presume Erica Jane, uh, well, with her show, she must have, with being a singer, I presume she's always had one too. Yeah, I so. Uh, Dorita, I have no idea. But um, Erica Jane, I presume, had one in residency. I literally, I didn't make it up because I wanted to, like, you know, prove to everyone I was doing so well. It's just literally, I did. I had an internet company before. I was, you know, doing so many shoots and things like this. And when I traveled, I was doing stuff for press. So um, it just made sense to have him with me. It was mm. actually cheaper than hiring, you know. Start. I don't like to use new people when you get to a new. You're doing a photo shoot. Who wants to meet a whole new set of people when you right. arrive? I mean, it's a nightmare. And we were so close that he would travel in my room. So it's, you know, there was no extra cost there for me. It wasn't like it wasn't for me. It was not a giant wealth thing. It was like he was my best friend. He just made sure that I was at things on time, and I woke up in the morning, and he was already in my bedroom doing my hair and makeup. Phenomenal. Um, which, you know, um, so, and I was then I didn't have to travel alone. So for me, it just made total sense. And as I said, uh, Bravo let me have him because it was natural to me. I didn't just bring him on for the show. It wasn't a made up thing. Um, which I presume is what happens in yeah. Beverly Hills.
0: It becomes a little bit artificial. And then there are different women where it's like they have their glam squad, but it's like, do you really? I mean, yeah. like how much of the salary that you're making goes into creating this
1: facade? Well, that's the thing. I mean, as I said, you know, because of the company I had before, it was my natural life. And my kid, you know, you saw my kids grow up with him. Right. He was very, he, he, very much a part of my family. Um, you can't make that up. And um, we'd been together for quite a long time. And, I, you know, I wouldn't just share my bed with, you know, a complete strange makeup artist. Although that would be a
0: great season four. Well, that would be a great
1: season four, but no. Um, and my husband wasn't going to do my hair making, <laughs> I can assure you. <laughs> um, so, and I, I don't get lonely when I travel. But mm. the, the, the other girls, as I said, I really don't know. You know, it makes sense that Erica Jane has a glam squad because that seems to be what yeah, she does for Yeah, it's a part of living. her thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't know, I don't know what, uh, I guess now Dorit has her uh, swimwear line. So maybe, you know, I, but I mean, her glam squad is off the charts. It's a, you know, it's like different.
0: Um, speaking of Dorit, who is British-ish-ish, yeah. she comes from the land of many places yes. via her accent. Have you had any interaction with her? I have the, not. Haven't had the pleasure? No, no. Or PK?
1: PK I have. Really? I ran into him, actually, where did I run into him? I ran at The some, bank? No, not the bank. <laughs> You were making a deposit. He
0: was making a withdrawal.
1: (laughs) so awful. No. Um, I ran into him twice in L.A. where in waiting rooms, like I think in either like meetings I was at, he was literally there. I've just seen him waved at each other. I mean, obviously when you're on Bravo, we all kind of know each other Mm -hmm. and everybody sort of, everyone's super friendly. And so, yeah. But I mean, Dorit has unreal style. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's dripping with everything. Everything. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm in
0: Zara. You look amazing. We'll take a little photo after. And the diamond—I can't stop staring at. And I need to Thank talk to you about your ear piercings because sure. I feel like we go to the same place. If you go to Marie- do you go to Venus by Maria Tash? Your ears. Oh yes, I do. Yep. Yes, yes. recognized yes, yes. it. I have like I'm dripping. Ears, you're dripping I'm too. obsessed. Oh, they're so good. They're yeah. so good. Um, uh, and I'm uh, dead phenomenal. Yeah. Um, speaking of British bravo lebs, any moments throughout the years with LVP? Did you know yes. her
1: through? Um, I I met her through the Hadids. Oh. Um, yeah, uh cause she's best friends with them and I've had right. dinner with her and actually just be- I actually went to Sir a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, she's al- she's always in there. Oh no, was it Pump? Pump maybe. She's in there at night mm-hmm. she, and and there th- she's always been super lovely to me. Um and there's a few we, she has a few m- mutual friends in common. I mean, we're not close, but I've I've had drinks with her before and we've had dinner. Um, super lovely. I'm sad she's gone.
0: I know. Well, she's gone-ish. She's still on Pump Rules. She quit Beverly Hills. She's still on Pump Rules. I love that show too. I'm guessing she'll have like a two season timeout and then come right. back to Beverly Hills which shows do you love to watch P- Pump Rules is one of them
1: I watch Band of Pump Rules um, I love Beverly Hills I mean it's brutal I couldn't I couldn't do right. it I you know like everyone's like you'd be so good on it I'm like no well, they'd so eat me it. alive no they wouldn't you <laughs> could take them trust
0: they, they need a strong alpha right now oh my god I see an entry for you oh my god
1: um uh what else do I love I I'm New York,
0: Atlanta, Jersey, Below Deck. Oh, I'm watching that. Oh, uh, below, below,
1: Below Deck's fun.
0: Blow tech's actually yeah. quite entertaining. It is
1: quite entertaining. I always feel sorry, actually, for the um,
0: people chartering the boat. Yeah, no one wants to be third stew. Not really. Oh, yeah, and the guests. Yes,
1: the guests. I'm like, why? Why would you do this? I, don't, I feel <laughs> like
0: there's not a discount big enough because you're giving such a big cash tip that it's like, why are you doing this? You know they're going to talk shit about you. Yeah, totally. I'm the like, I've time. just
1: paid and I'm going to like be on. Actually, I got an email asking if I wanted to take the boat. <gasps> I'm like,
0: no. Which... Which um, boat situation team would it have been? Below Deck Med with Captain Sandy or Below Deck with Captain Lee?
1: Med, I think.
0: Oh, with Hannah instead of
1: Kate. But I love, I love um, Captain Sandy. Isn't like, she great? Yes. Um, but it's brutal on those sh- that yeah. show too. I mean, it's hardcore. They really work hard, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and and they're, they're geniuses when they, they lay the table. I mean, it's Gotta love a tablescape. And actually, that chef, the chef, the below-deck d- below chef, he needs like a medal. Ben. He, yeah, he can make something yeah. out of absolutely nothing. I need Ben to come to my kitchen and just cook for me all the time. Love it. Like I look in a fridge and I see him in an empty fridge. That man just pulls out. I mean, I don't know how he does it.
0: I love that you still watch Bravo shows. I have to ask you a question about Beverly Hills. As mm-hmm. a Beverly Hills fan and someone who also knows the cast, where do you stand in Puppygate, LVP or Team Everyone Else?
1: Puppygate really doesn't interest me. Is that bad? No, I just, I was sick of Puppygate.
0: It went on, I loved it because they were bringing in, they were like closing the fourth wall, bringing in the idea of people leaking stories to gossip. Yeah, Yeah. because I feel like that is something that people reference but they tried to kind of disguise it this time it was abundantly clear what they were talking about and I liked the use of like talking a little bit more about production at this point you know because they are a million seasons in
1: yeah I do feel like I mean the puppy thing like it's uh, maybe she should have got the puppy back yeah and that you know if it didn't work out um but you know because I know how these things work I right. just felt I felt drained by the whole puppy gate I was like okay it, it, just for me, I didn't. I don't know. I think I, I. I actually felt uncomfortable at the end. I felt uncomfortable because for me, um, Lisa has been such a big part of Beverly Hills for so many years. I really felt that she was. Um, sh- she didn't stand a chance. I felt like she's been very ganged up on in the last few seasons. So I mean, even if I, you know take my feelings whether I like her or don't like her out of it I just don't like to watch a whole group of women go after one
0: um does it trigger for you like can you watch these shows and have them be purely escapist or does it bring up for you memories of feeling that way it's
1: escapist but I do remember it because I the same thing happened to me I think when you become when you've been at the top of a show for so long eventually you know it's like anything you know it either has to change because for for a reasoning as in the production may not or the network may not want you to be at the top anymore or production may not or the girls just get sick of like all the interviews being about you that's what happened to me you know if you get to go on a show everybody wants to get on, go on a show right. or go and do an interview and if they keep asking the same person and it, it would annoy me too so i understand why these things happen and it's sort of like a takeover mm-hmm. but i do remember very clearly how isolating it feels and how You know it's really hard to keep it together when you know you're walking into a barrage of women rightly or wrongly whether she did the right thing or didn't do the right thing i i don't know and i didn't think that much i just i found i found watching all the girls go on a trip without her or two trips without her dinners without her and she was the only one not there that i've just felt sad that reminded me of how i felt definitely
0: Hmm. Working with women that you might not socialize with ordinarily, how did that feel when it seemed like a lot of the episodes were who's friends with whom, can you get this person on your side, why are we fighting? Like I I just think of um, Mapperton, you know, like mm-hmm. lovely Julie. It didn't feel like there was a natural kinship between two of the, the two of you. Did it ever feel exhausting that you were – sort of having to film with people that you might not ordinarily have in your social circle?
1: I mean, funnily enough, Julie... Are you guys best friends now? We're not best friends, but we are friends. <gasps> really? And if I do go to London, funnily enough, she is one that really always reaches out and says, can we have dinner? Can we have coffee? Really? Absolutely. And I'll give her that. Like, I like her so much more now that she's not on the show. Oh, yeah. Um, Julie, I felt she irritated me a lot on the show, and she I say this to her face, and it's we laugh about all of it now because, I, as I said... The funny thing is I do go and have drinks with her and I actually am super proud of what she's achieving right now yeah. off the show because, I mean, uh, she's probably the one that's killing it the most. Um, and uh, it's not easy to do what Julie does, you know, yeah. cycling around on her little bicycle and <laughs> fixing Mafton. Um, doing yoga in the grounds. Doing yoga in the grounds. God bless her. Um, but yes, I did find it exhausting because, you know, Julie and I, don't didn't naturally gravitate together now that that's taken away we have much more in common and we can we can bond over certain things that we want to but you know julie julie was doing what she needed to do and you know um she wasn't my friend so she she didn't have any alliance to me she didn't have any you know feelings towards me and you know she can take me she could take me or leave me and um at that point we probably could have left each other quite easily we wanted you know And I didn't want to stay in her house. I would never normally have stayed in somebody's house that I didn't like. Yeah. Um, So that, of course, you're already on the back foot because I'm taking her hospitality. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be there that weekend at all. Um, But I'm sure she didn't really want me there either.
0: Hmm. I mean, the rules were a lot.
1: The rules were ridiculous. I mean, I've just never heard anyone give you rules before you've arrived. Especially
0: anywhere. at the start of a sort of vacation. It it's makes not you a vacation. Right. It
1: puts you on edge already. And, um, you know, but that is, those rules actually do apply in day-to-day life. They weren't made up for the show. She actually thinks that's the r- normal way. But again, um, you know, each to their own. I, Julie, I would not be have been a natural house guest for Julie. I don't care about giant staying in giant mansions. I'd rather go and stay in a motel and have no rules. Mm.
0: So I was rewatching season three. It felt like each season was building upon each other. In season three, there was a crackle to it. I loved actually the casting, the mix, the, the... divide bringing together of like the Brits and the Americans and how everyone's interacting with each other and I was watching I think it was the episode where you guys go to East London and you're having your little drinks and you're having fun and Sophie's in a cab and she's like let's call Prince Harry and she calls up your brother and he's like cool and she literally calls up Prince Harry whose audio isn't used for obvious reasons. Do you have any interaction with the royal family? This is me being like genuine American, Googling Meghan Markle's everything every day of the week. So cute. Um, I don't know Prince Harry, but uh, that was that was for me.
1: I was like, oh my God, she didn't just do that. <laughs> um, look, we, we, England's small. We all grew up together. Um, I'm very close to Sarah and Beatrice and, you know, but I... I do I have an... Int- like everybody if you're it's not nothing special i mean i mean they're special i love them but um it's it's for us it's normal i know for you guys it's not
0: we love a princess
1: well of course and they 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 love it here um you know i i love the royal family i love that we have that Mm -hmm. you know i love the culture i love seeing the you know the, the 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 all the pomp and ceremony that we have, you know, I really enjoy it. And I love that you guys celebrate it so much. And, and they feel so loved here. And that everybody wants to come here and hang out. And you're, the Americans are so non judgmental and, and they just celebrate all of them. So, yeah, I mean, it, uh, we're, we're very lucky to have them. Really enjoy it. Um, Sophie, uh, you know, has, uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, my brother, I don't know. She's just, I, I don't even know what to say about that that scene. I oh, i died inside.
0: <laughs> it was amazing. She's, it was also like, is this happening? Is this you really being drunk? Or is this you, like, knowing that this is going to get a shit ton of attention? Which was, P.S., I was obsessed with it. She woke up dying.
1: She was wasted. Oh, my God. I love her even more. Everybody loves her. Like, Sophie wasted is the most fun thing ever. But, yeah, she has... She, she's one of those things. you ever seen that movie, Very Bad Things? It's like, you know... Oh, she, yeah. It's like a, a ton of things just happen and you're like... Oh, <laughs> that are disp- yeah, truly yeah. very bad. Truly very bad. But it's funny. It's, p- people know her so well. They truly love her. Nobody, you know, um, you know... She doesn't really get into that much trouble in the end. She's never been arrested, so that's good, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> it's a surprise. good place to start. <laughs> I see a spinoff <laughs> happening. I would love it.
0: Do you have any advice for Her Holiness Meghan Markle as she makes her way through the British tabloids and tries to stay sane
1: i i know i mean stay humble stay stay strong i guess it's hard it's hard to navigate that if you haven't been in it but i i think key is just staying humble staying true to yourself staying you know approachable um you know and and doing as they have for so long you know although they've all grown up in such a spotlight if you meet any of the, you know, immediate royals, they're so friendly and so humble and so kind, and as long as she stays that way, and you know, they look so happy. I mean, I'm talking from a, but pu- I've never met either of them, so. Um, I just heard that you're best friends. Just <laughs> you know. yeah. yeah. Oh, I, when, I, okay, well, maybe one day. There we go. Um, but I think you know, look. She's gorgeous. She makes great headlines, and I love her fashion, so isn't that good? Um, so I think good. she's going to lift the country like that, and people love it. And, you know, with her and Kate, we've got two gorgeous princesses, don't we? I mean, yeah. lucky you. I know, really lucky us. It's great because they're so different. It's quite fun. I I enjoy looking at pictures of both of them and what they're wearing, and don't we all?
0: And it's like... They're so totally different, which so is totally so different. good. So if you're looking for a certain kind of princess one day and a certain kind the next, you've got it covered. You, you got guys it covered. are very smart. Got, like,
1: you know, one's more Hollywood and one's more sort of home counties, but gorgeous. Yeah. Just, you know, it's very different. It's, I think we're very lucky.
0: So I have to ask you, you know, I as I've said, I, I look at Ladies of London as a housewife-style show. If you were on The Housewives of London or just living your everyday life, what would your Real Housewife tagline be?
1: Oh my God! What my I,
0: I see my favorite that I've used. You know I, this is episode 125 of Andy's Girls, believe it or not. And so I've done hundred thousand of these taglines over the years. We start every episode with a tagline, and my favorite tagline of all time is "I see life through rose-colored glasses." Just mine like a would example. probably be yes. my
1: famous line, which is, "I'm not here for your amusement; you're here for mine." <gasps> Magical. I mean, how I don't even know how that where that came from, but I think that I has mean, to be my deep line. within. Deep within, it's true.
0: If that is not the spirit animal of everyone's life, right? I don't know what to tell you. Then kind of. So yeah, I think that's
1: one of my most famous lines, and the ones that people love so much. That that would have to be my tagline.
0: Well, I'm obsessed with you, Caroline Stanberry. You're absolutely magical. Tell the people where to follow you on social media, pretending that they don't already, which they a thousand percent do. You're so lovely.
1: If you don't follow me, follow me at Caroline Stanbury on Instagram, and it's quite a ride.
0: <laughs> and I heard sources told mm-hmm. me, because you know, here at Andy's Girls, we're just plugged right into Bravo HQ. A little birdie told me something about potentially a tour of some kind. Oh yes, January. So
1: January I will be touring According to Caroline oh my and it's going to be According to Caroline, leave your husbands at home, girls. Get dressed up. So it's predominantly for you know, women and gay men yes. and it's a girls night out. And it's, I wanted it to be, it's sort of a women's empowerment but with a, you know, a bit of comedy and we're all going to talk about the stuff that we want to say but we don't really have the guts to say and, and we feel. And it's like an open space that, you know, I talk about my life and how I got to where I am and the things that have gone a lot wrong on the way, but, you know, how each turn has really brought me to a better space. We talk about sex, marriage, you know, um, work, um, life beginning at 40, and it truly does. And everything. Like, it's it's really, really fun. And that's why I wanted it to be gay men and women. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. And are you touring throughout the
1: world? No. Just I'm doing five cities, eight days in America
0: oh all in America yeah wait which cities Um, New York New York New York New York Brooklyn I think I have two nights
1: in New York I'm doing the Gramercy (gasps) I think um Washington um I want to say Dallas or Chicago I can't you know what I'm I'm New York and everywhere else yes
0: so if you go to caroline you can get all of the information and following you on Instagram at caroline Stanbury. stanbury
1: dot com but what sorry just caroline stanbury and watch out for according to caroline because i'm definitely coming
0: oh my god when you are in new york i will be front row
1: i want you to be front row please do come you so will be my excited. guest
0: thank you so much. i can't wait to um be with you on that stage just like come up. just crying and laughing and yes, being with I all of our community yeah thank you so much absolutely caroline this has been a total pleasure i have to thank you so much you are just as wonderful as i hoped and dreamed for and um thank you so much i can't wait to kiki me. with you again soon
1: uh, definitely i will see you in according to caroline yes cheers Cheerio. bye bye
0: okay she not amazing i mean my god it was such a pleasure first off caroline stanbury fucking incredible looking um irl as is evident by the fact that we've like seen her on TV and she's beautiful, but she just has that celebrity glow. She has the glow of a woman in charge of her life with a shit ton of money who looks amazing, is very, very open, very friendly, but in like a fun, interesting British way, um, which is really, you know, creative for us Americans to see. She just feels and looks like a star. And I need to see her back on TV ASAP. So I'm hopeful, fingers crossed that the show that she was talking about takes off. I would love to see her back on Bravo specifically. I think she's a great character for Bravo. I think she's a great personality for Bravo. And one would think that they would find a way for, um, her to be back on the show in some form. Um, and I can't wait to go to her tour, guys. Uh, more info will be on her website as dates are announced. Um, it sounds like they're still um, figuring out the dates and locations, but certainly for those of us who live in New York City and wherever the fuck, you, all, wherever the fuck else you live, just come on here to Manhattan and, you know, take a seat at the Beacon Theater on the Upper West Side and let's have some laughs. I think it's going to be really good. It also reminded me, remember when Bethany went on her tour? Um... Housewives are her spinoff. I think when she did her talking tour, it was definitely to pre-hype her show on Ellen and like show that she could be a host. I think it was definitely, I think it was on her spinoff on Bethany ever after. Uh, but it reminded me a little bit of that. Like she sort of reminds me of Bethany in certain ways of just being very unique, very much an individual in control of herself, assertive, smart, quick, funny, all of that. Um, and so I think that, you know, I think the tour will be a slam dunk. I can't wait to see it. I am also really, I am appreciative of the fact that, you know, knowing I had this interview with Caroline, you know, IRL, sitting down with her in a weird office space <laughs> in her very fancy hotel, which was lovely of them to offer to us Um and, you know, I very much appreciate it. So um, thanks, guys. But um, just talking to her in real life and knowing that I had this episode with her uh, coming up, it propelled me to rewatch Ladies of London, which I knew I loved. But just watching those episodes, honestly, you can start with season two. You can start with season one. You can go straight to season three. You'll understand the characters pretty quickly. I was... Completely shocked that she stays in touch and on friendly terms with Julie based on how season three goes, mostly the middle of it. Um, and really impressed, um, impressed that Julie has accomplished all she's done with Mapperton with those yoga poses, downward dog in front of a chateau or whatever. Who doesn't want a child's pose in front of a castle? I mean, I actually kind of do. Um, And the fact that she stayed in touch with the people she has and the relationships she has with New York housewives, Beverly Hill housewives and housewives and and house husbands. I mean, you know, she has relationships with these people. Luke is now working for Dorinda. She went to drinks with Dorinda the night before. Ramona was texting her right before um, our interview started. Um I just really feel like all the signs are there for her to come back. It's hard because she does live in London and there isn't a Bravo show airing there currently. And from what I've understood about Ladies of London, one of the reasons it was canceled um, was because of the high cost of production, which makes sense filming there. Um, But hopefully we'll see her on our screens more um, real soon. It sounds like we will. So thanks to Caroline um, and her amazing team. Thanks to all of you for listening to this week's episode. Um, follow Caroline on all of her social media. I'm going to put uh, put up a video of <laughs> me saying some dumb shit on my Instagram. So that'll be a fun exclusive um, for you guys. Uh, follow Caroline on her IG. Follow me on mine. We have some amazing um episodes and new fun exciting guests coming up as well as some bravo lips on the books. So um keep it on here at Andy's Girls like the Show, the name, the the name of your favorite housewife just for fun. Um you know guys, it's such a crazy week, and um thank you for being here alongside and I can't wait to kick you with you guys again soon. Bye-bye.